morning and welcome to our Sycamore Township workshop meeting for Tuesday, September the 15th, 2020. The time is 9 a.m. This morning, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we're following House Bill 197 that allows local government the opportunity to conduct meetings remotely. We're following our governor's guidelines. Fiscal Officer Rob Porter, please call the roll. Mr. LaBarber. Here. Mr. James. Here. Mr. Weedman. Present. I'm going to make a motion to approve the September 1st, 2020 Trustees Workshop Minutes. Do we have a second? Second. Discussion? Roll call. Mr. LaBarber. Yes. A. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. I'm going to make a motion to approve the September 3rd Trustee Meeting Minutes. Do we have a second? Vote. Second. Comments? Mr. LaBarber. Call the vote. Mr. Aye. LaBarber. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Okay, we have an uh, electric aggregation presentation from Energy Alliances. Mr. Dan Dieters is here. I'm going to turn the floor over to Mr. Dieters. How you doing? Good. <laughs> Good, morning. Good morning. I just wanted came to give it a, a, a uh, quick update on what's going on. Excuse me just for a second. Do we need Dan to have a... You might want to step up towards that microphone. Move that microphone. Yeah, let's do that. Is this okay? Can you hear me? Yep. So, wanted to give you a brief overview of where uh, Sycamore Township's electric aggregation stands. In front of you, I, in a packet, I kind of gave a little bit of a history uh, about Energy Alliances as a Sycamore Township business. We've assisted the township with aggregation since 2007, since before it was put on the ballot. Um, and we've run these programs. Uh, for the last 12 years um, for the residents to have a solid choice to uh, uh, stabilize their energy bills. So what uh, we, where we are right now is Sycamore is at the end of a three-year deal uh, with Dynagy that was signed in 2000, early 2017, I believe. And uh, I'm sorry. It would have, yeah, it would have been, it'll have been middle 2017. Uh, basically, at that time, they signed a 5.49 cents per kilowatt hour deal. Um, in your packet is a history of how the program has done on page three. Um, uh, and also at that time, Dynagy offered the township a six month extension at the same price. So at this point, we're just about to start that six month extension. Unfortunately, um, we have to, not unfortunately, according to PUC, PUCO rules, we have to send an opt-out. We do that once every three years. This is going to fall on that timeline. So we're required, Sycamore is actually required, but we do it through uh, your supplier, Dynagy, uh, to send that opt-out out. The problem that we have is since since the six-month extension occurred, uh, the PUCA requires a one-year aggregation program. So you're required to make a choice as to what you would, how you would like to go forward with regard to uh, that next six months, one way or another. So, so what we did, since we are. Uh, already contracted with Dynagy, we went back to Dynagy and we said, listen, give us some options 
for the administration of Sycamore for this next six months, a 12 month, and an 18 month, which is a, it's, you'll see it says 24 month, but the first six months is already completed an option. So you look at your options. So first option is stay at the 549 and then drop to 521 cents a kilowatt hour for the next six months. The second option you'll see there is we've blended the total price so it would drop to 537 from from 549 um, both of those prices and and i've had some discussions with some residents that uh, mr warwick had referred to me with regard to renewable uh, energy every one of these programs that 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 we presented to you has a renewable uh option so if a resident once they get their opt-out letter they can they can uh choose that renewable option and have 100% renewable energy with their program. So uh, there were some residents that were, that were interested in that, so we added that you know, for, for the township, and there's a small extra charge. It probably costs them about a buck a month to, uh, to exercise that option, and it's completely their choice one way or another. Uh, option three is a 24-month tiered traditional, which we stick with the 549 until May, and then we, for the next 18 months, we drop it down to 519. So that is actually the best long-term price for the residents, where they will save the most money, because Sycamore Township uses, as a lot of townships, quite a bit of energy in the summertime. So if we can drop that down, that's two summers at 519, and then, uh, last option is a just a 24 month flat blend at 529 and uh those also had the renewable content in it if you want if a resident so chooses so we're recommending at this point sticking with 549 for six months and then going to that 519 for 18. Um, that seems to be the program that's going to save the most money for the average resident uh, We'll send out the opt-out with Dynagy. All, all, this, all this board is required to do is, uh, is pick a program, or you can do one of two things. You can pick an option, or you can set a ceiling price and have your administrator, Mr. Warwick, pick it at some point. It's up to you if you guys would want to do an at or below. Say, we, say, we say the board decides they're gonna stick with a 549 for the next five, six months, and then Mr. Work can sign below 5-2 if he feels the market's right. These prices do change daily, as, as you know, because that's how the market works. So this price is good today. Uh, they will hold that until midnight tonight. Um, and, uh, and I have also attached a copy of an addendum. So there's not, there's not, there won't be a new contract. There'll just be the addendum, which clarifies the new price on the back. So uh, if anybody has any questions, I'm happy to take them. And what's the Duke at today? About 551. Five, You're still getting a small discount through the, through the next six months, but then it drops <laughs> off about 6% for the next 18 months after that. If we, and here, here's the, Here's, here's the other thing that I neglected to mention before. 
Ohio has not had a capacity auction for the following year after 2021, May 2022. So capacity is an unknown. So if that capacity goes way up, you're protecting your residents from any movement in that. Capacity is basically how much they have, they do it via auction in our territory. And it is going up in May, we already know that. So that 551, 552, that's probably gonna jump a little bit in May. So you're insuring the residents at, at 5.19 number an even greater discount probably than we're sitting here seeing today. Because we know that's going up. And then the 22, 23, or 20, up until December 2022 is, is pretty much an unknown, that last six months on capacity. That could be, that could be anything. The question about the program, if residents don't opt out during the opt-out window, are they committed to a contract themselves or can they make a change earlier? So our programs, or Energy Alliances invented a, <laughs> a uh, term in our contracts where every person can come and go as they please without fee. And we make the supplier uh, adhere to that. So if you're a resident and you want to come in January into the program and then leave in May, because you found something on apples to apples and then come back in December, there's no cost to with our side of the program. There may be a cost if you go out to a third party supplier and they have they may have early termination fees or things like that. We have no fees of any kind, no early termination fees, and we have a revolving door for all the residents. So there's no obligation at any time. Even though the opt-out letter is is required by the PUCO, we we make the supplier allow residents to come and go so this provides an optional discount to residents with no downside they can leave whatever yeah they, they can want. do whatever they want at any time with no issue and what it really does is protect protect the residents because you get the you get the door-to-door -door guys that are out there and they know they can go on the PUCO's website and they can see that Sycamore has an aggregation program and they know that those prices that they're offering can't generally beat the aggregation program so they kind of stay out of the areas you'll see them every now and then but not too much you'll see more direct mail stuff you know the visa card stuff and the crazy stuff like that you know I mean who do you think's paying for that visa card you are mm -hmm. I can tell you we had a resident that uh, uh, contacted me and he said Tom what's the deal with our aggregation program I'm paying so much more for electric now I said why don't you get your bill let's take a look at your bill well, he had jumped to another company yeah. that he got that great deal on for six months, and he was paying like 400 bucks a month for electric. And of course, they want a big price to get out. Yeah, you know, they, they, you got to pay to get mm -hmm. out of their program. So, um, um, I can say for uh, um, when I first became a trustee, I pushed us pretty hard about aggregation because we had the option in Ohio to uh, to aggregate and. Um, I can tell you that Energy Alliances has done an outstanding job of keeping us on the right on the right track as it relates to price. I think we've I can't remember a time that we have been above Duke or even equal to Duke. There may have been a blip when we were in a contract and prices started to fall and we were we were locked in at a certain number, but I don't recall that that happening. But that's kind of happening right now. Yeah, it looks because, like because energy's falling. That's why you know we want to we want to do something as rapidly as possible to try to to try to 
you know, it's not going to go above it, but it's going to get a little bit closer to it than it's been, just because energy is so cheap and gas is gas is bottomed. Yep. So, and gas is gas is used to make electricity. So, and if and 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 I will say this: if if something would happen where they would change the energy policy in this country and and they would kill all fracking and things like that, you'll see prices double. No doubt. I mean, I, I, in looking at this, I, I think option three is our best option, but I'll yield to the two of you to determine what you think is best. Well, we are getting bombarded, at least in my house. I probably get a dozen calls a week apologizing for Duke, and we can get you a better deal, and usually I'm, by the time they get uh, two, three words out, I'm, I'm automatically hanging up. But this is, so we know the residents are getting hit with these phone calls. Yeah, the phone calls are the worst because they, claim that that the third-party supplier owes them money and has overbilled you're yeah. hearing this one a lot that's that's a I've actually called the Attorney General on that company so and filed a complaint so that they're just, it's just not true you know and, and they use the bill against these against some of these residents and some folks that may not be so you know in tune with what their bill says they'll, they'll say well Duke's charging you, Duke, there's a service section charge of your bill, and then there's an energy section charge. And whether you're in an aggregation or not, that energy section charge comes from Duke. And it'll still be there. It'll just be a little bit higher. And the service never leaves, because people have to have electric at their home. But you're right, Mr. LaBarber, that there's, there's a lot of cell phone contact out there. Well, I had asked in our last meeting that we get some more information about this and have Mr. Dieters come in and that we have an opportunity here for public comment if anyone had any between the last meeting and this. Have we gotten any comments at all? No, I haven't taken any calls here at the township uh, other than the uh, couple of people that Dan's talking about that wanted to make sure they could do the uh, renewable energy. Okay. I think that's probably a direct reflection of how satisfied our residents have been with this aggregation program so well the, I, I do take calls from Sycamore residents and I've actually had them in the last 10 years actually stop our office is right over on Blue Ash Road I've had them stop in and I've helped some some residents read their bill and make them understand it and it's a little bit different than our customer service is a little bit different than than the average consultant we we, we make sure and and if and if people if they got a better deal you know they've chosen a third-party deal we'll tell them to stick with it but then we'll give them the timeline to jump over to the aggregation because a lot of times they'll get these six-month good deals and and so I'd say put it on your calendar give me a call and we'll move you over and then you won't get that big hit so we we, we do our best to take care of these folks I mean we're here to protect the residents Dan when if they chose option three and at the point that we went from 549 to 519 what is the dollar effect of an average electric bill per month it'll be three more bucks a month saved okay so uh, these things don't really move the needle a whole bunch and uh, the downside I guess to trying to lock in the 24 month is if a miracle happens and the energy drops and then we're stuck with this uh, contract of 24 months 
Um, we could get fancy about it in many ways, but I just think that uh, no matter what we do, we're never going to move the needle that much. But if that were to happen, of course, residents could individually choose to opt out and go with a cheaper provider. If that That's happens. right. And it's only going to be for, and, you, and, and your downside on this is only six months because we know from May 21 to May 22, that capacity is up. So, so it, it may only be three months because how Duke bills, the, the bill will be higher in June, July, August of 22. So we know that if there is a, some sort of issue, it'll occur in the last three months. And in the last three months, we will have long presented you with another option to, to cover that. So, so as, as I sit here and look at it, that last 18 months only has probably three months of unknown. Have you ever been, uh, you've been doing this for a number of years, have you ever been hit with the, the downsides where all of a sudden, no, what happened? Yeah, so it, back in, back in 2011 and 12, we were getting ready to start um, a program over in Delhi, and the numbers we were getting were not as good as the price to compare. So what we did was we went to the trustees in Delhi and we told them to hold the program for six months because we knew that there was a piece of the price that was going to increase significantly. So what we did was we went in and we secured the price with the supplier and didn't start the program for six months to make sure that the residents um, had an opportunity to, to save right out of the gate. We, we don't, you know, I don't, generally you'll see Every home's built a little differently in, in the Duke territory, and, and we don't save folks every month a lot of times, but over the annual, annualized, you know, people will call me and say, hey, my bill this month was 5.5 cents and we're at 5.46 and it's January, and I say, listen, you're right where you need to be. Call me back in July and tell me what the difference is when when the utilities higher. So, so we do an annualized savings. And Mr. Work says, um, you know, it's it's we're not moving the needle that much. But I always tell people if there was 65, 60 bucks sitting in your garbage that you threw away outside in your garage, you'd go get it, wouldn't you? Well, this is easier than that because they don't have to do anything. Is it possible to cause a notice to be printed on the Duke bill informing the ratepayers that there's been a change in the contract and inviting them to look it up if they... Yeah, so it? that's what we send out. Uh, okay. So we send out a letter and it outlines all of, all of the things that I've told you and then basically what will happen is we'll, we'll... We field those phone calls. The administration here generally in a lot of other townships just says, you know, get on the phone with Energy Alliances and we'll put it on the website and then... I'll take those calls, explain it, and once you explain it, hardly, uh, only only folks that say, you know, I just want to stick with Duke, you know, that they, they're, they're the only ones that stay out of the program. Everybody else says, oh, that sounds like a good idea. I said, and I say, listen, call me back in six months, we'll go over your bill, we'll go over the last six months, and we'll see how you did. And they'll make that call, and we do it. I can also say that I've had residents call me and, and after they've had conversations with Energy Alliances and have great great luck with uh, customer service. So I think you guys do a very good job. Thank you. And just looking at my notes, uh, 
we've gone up a penny from the last time we got a note from you, Dan, uh, on the 19th. So it was a low price of uh, $5 and, and it went to five eighteen, and now it's, it's five nineteen. Pardon? It's a tenth of a penny. A tenth of a cent of a penny. Yeah. Yep. Just the market moving one way or the other. Hundredth of a penny. Yeah, it's actually. So, so you need us to make a decision today, so we can move forward on this based you, on these prices that we have today. If you want to do the option three, you can do that today, and I can have the the, the addendum forwarded over to Mr. Warwick. If you if you want to give an adder below to him, and I can work with him over the next couple of weeks to find something, but. You're always at risk of the market moving the wrong way. How do I do that? And this is not. This is not. This is. This is. This is good. I mean, this is going to be six percent off for the residents. Mm -hmm. You know, for those last eighteen months at least, mm -hmm. and it could jump. We know it's not going backwards because we know the capacity costs are going up. Mr. Decide, if we were to proceed with this, is a motion to go with an option appropriate, or do we need a resolution as to approving the contract addendum? What's the proper vehicle here? Well, I think if you do the um, option three, I'm going to call it three, you, you go with the rate that uh, has been discussed, you would motion to go with that rate and then authorize Mr. Ward to sign the amendment to the agreement for that purpose. Well. I move that uh, we as the Board of Trustees approve proceeding with option three on the presentation we've had, which would be a 24-month tiered traditional rate from December 2020 through June 2021 of 5.49 cents, and from June 2021 to December 2022, 5.19 cents, and that we authorize Mr. Warwick to approve the contract addendum that has been proposed to us at those rates. I'll second, second it. Yeah. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Okay, Dan, thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to call or stop by the office around the corner. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, next uh, we've got uh, Fiscal Officer Rob Porter, pay the bills, read the receipts. Yes, we have disbursements of $257,443.94, receipts of $81,457.60. A complete listing of all receipts and disbursements is available in the office for your review. Second. A discussion. Um, I'd like to pull the bill to Schroeder, Mundrell, with Attorney Bill uh, Scott Solman, that bill of uh, $3,762.40. I would like to see more clarification on that. Uh, I never talked with Scott Solman, and I'm looking at that wondering why he's charging us. I talked with Ken Geis, and I'm just afraid of, I just want to question him about the possibility of double billing or what the, what's going on. And I noticed he charged my conversation with him, or which I never had, 54 minutes, and Mr. Weedman, two hours and 18 minutes. I thought well, we're going into an executive session. Maybe I can mention that to Scott there and get uh, clarification. Uh, so I'm, I, I think we should have really seriously considered dismissing them on August the 5th when they 
clearly violated the client attorney privilege. But uh, I, uh, let's go ahead and pay that bill, but I want my comments to be on the public record. So go ahead and we'll pay that bill. Go ahead and pay it. Go ahead and pay the bill. But I want those comments on the public record. Call the roll. Uh, Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. I, I do have a question, not about what Jim was saying specifically, but um, Mr. Porter, each time in our meetings you, you provide the amount and note that a complete record is available in the office. Mm -hmm. When we publish that record each week on our website, like we or after each meeting, like we do with our minutes and so forth, so no one has to go to the office for it, is that something we could do, Mr. Warwick and Mr. Porter, in a form that wouldn't breach any confidences or provide any... You know, tax ID numbers or anything for anyone I don't see any I don't see any problem with it we could could I we're you know we're on the checkbook I mean uh, all the disbursements are on the uh, checkbook oh, yeah, check right. so I mean we can do whatever you want yeah I mean it's a public record yeah let's make it easier for the public then and let's publish it somewhere in our documentary on the website then so people can easily look it up if they want I don't know that requires a vote but can we make that happen mr. Ward Yes, we can. Let's do that. Any further discussion? Okay. We'll just do it. I mean, it's it. Uh, okay. It is what it is. We're going to move up with uh, Lieutenant Mike uh, Mike Tarr with the sheriff report. Uh, other than the, uh, sorry, the uh, 40 explorer that you guys recently purchased that was put into service this week. The garage got it outfitted and the uh, vehicle we got from the fire department, they're currently just waiting on a couple parts to come in. Uh, we had to transition a couple minor things, but uh, other than that, nothing to report. Any discussion? We, we certainly thank you for your the job you guys are doing. Thank you very much. I, I do have a question, I guess. I know there was a horrible accident on I-71 last week which shut down the interstate just short of Montgomery Road for hours. I think there was a fatality there. Do you have any information about that you could share? I spoke with the traffic guys earlier in the week. Um, other than there was no one injured besides the deceased, he struck a uh, semi that had uh, lawfully pulled over onto the shoulder. Um, he lost control of his vehicle, struck the median, and then went onto the shoulder and struck the semi. As to the circumstances of, of why that occurred, uh, they're still investigating that. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Lieutenant. Uh, with our um, EMS fire items, uh, Assistant Chief Jerry Cooper. Coop. Uh, the only report I have is our COVID update, which is uh, as of Saturday, 65 active um, address locations uh, within the township. Um, that number is probably still about the same. I still have to update us with a couple of reports from over the rest of the weekend, but uh, right now we're sitting at 65. That's all I got. Any questions for Coop? Good to see you. Tom, Tom. Roads, maintenance, recreation items, our superintendent, the well-tanned uh, Mr. Cullums, Tracy Cullums. Thank you. I just got uh, back this morning, so I don't have a lot, but I know uh, we did have our first yoga in the park last Sunday. Uh, there were a dozen people there, so the uh, the instructor was quite happy. Uh, so I know we, uh, as of right now, 
that is going to be done at Bechtel Park every Sunday. Um, we have not uh, scheduled anything for any other park yet, uh, waiting to see how this goes. But uh, everybody seem pleased that on the first one there was a dozen people there. Uh, other than that, we have trash bash this weekend. And uh, the houses uh, on Plainfield and Sycamore have all been demoed. Other than that, we're just uh, continuing with our projects, continuing with Sycamore Road, also with the uh, maintenance facility in the back here, and everything, uh, they tell me everything is on schedule. Any questions? I just want to uh, praise Jason Petty in particular, and uh, the Parks Committee, and you and your department for making this yoga happen there. I saw Jason on Thursday or Friday of last week out putting out signs at intersections too around the township to promote it and there was some excitement <coughs> excuse me online I saw about that too so yeah. it's a good thing so yeah. we'll see that happen. We'll see how it goes hopefully it grows. Yeah. Skylar Miller is our planning zoning supervisor. Skylar. Yes sir. Uh, <clears throat> I originally had uh, four resolutions uh, for the board to review. I'd actually like to remove the first one uh, at uh, 7796 Columbia Avenue, the nuisance property uh, piece of this. Uh, this is a vacant property that uh, um, appears to be under bank control at this point. And uh, over the weekend, they um, uh, there was some um, you know some property maintenance and some upkeep that's that's happened. Junk vehicle is still there. Um, you know. Uh, Banks are kind of notorious for not um, uh, not communicating. <laughs> so um, yeah, we, we still have not seen uh, any any uh, um, you know, any or we haven't had any actual dialogue with with anyone on the property. So I would like to move forward with the uh, um, the jump vehicle on it. Let me see here. So I'll go ahead and pull up that those pictures. Uh, this is a junk vehicle. It's it's set in the same spot uh, for uh, actually, it's my understanding for years. Um, this is uh, this is a property in the the High Point subdivision, and uh, there there have been resident complaints on um, on on the the site in general. So, if I may, I'll read the resolution. All right, uh, this is a resolution providing for the removal of junk motor vehicle in Sycamore Township, Hamilton County, uh, and the proper disposal, storage, or impoundment of motor vehicle by implementing the procedure set forth in Sycamore Township Resolution Number 2012-14 and Sections 505.173, 505.85, and 505.871 of the Ohio Revised Code. Motion. Second. Mr. Mr. LaBarber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Okay. I think I've got the loudest mouse. Let's see here. Okay, uh, the next resolution I have for you is um, uh, a property in Ross Moyne. 
this is a junk vehicle again we've received complaints about um, we have tried to reach out to the property owner here uh, numerous times with uh, with no success uh, as you can see this this um, this vehicle hasn't been registered since 2018 uh, the it's kind of hard to see in this picture but the, the tires are actually uh, um, uh, flattened or it's it is you know pretty obviously not not uh, roadworthy okay so does, does someone live there currently uh, there is someone that lives there uh, and we have uh, we've made numerous attempts to uh, to contact them with, uh, with no response that vehicle is blocking the end of the driveway on the street it looks like and it hasn't moved is there it, another vehicle on site that we know of? Uh, no not that I know of it's just uh, the vehicle is not being used and just being stored stored in that driveway all right Unless there's any other questions, I'll read the resolution. Uh, a resolution providing for the removal of junk motor vehicle in Sycamore Township, Hamilton County, and the proper disposal to storage or impoundment of motor vehicle by implementing the procedure set forth in Sycamore Township Resolution Number 2012-14 and Sections 505.173, 505.85, and 505.871 of the Ohio Revised Code. Motion. Second. Mr. LaBarber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. All right, and the last one is another junk vehicle. Uh, this is a uh, uh, this is another high point property. The property itself is actually already under public nuisance, and we are working uh, uh, with Mr. Desai to uh, uh, get the lien holder information on this one. Uh, there's actually two junk vehicles here. Uh, one is uh, this work truck chassis uh, in bed. Uh, which has been on site for a number of years. Uh, this junk vehicle has actually, um, uh, there's, a, there's already been a resolution on this in years past. Uh, it was temporarily moved uh, off site uh, and it made its way back. Uh, it, um, it's my understanding it's not functioning at this point. Tires are flat. Um, you know, you've got, um, you've got uh, storage material being being tucked into the back of it and, and stacked up against it. So, um, again, no no cooperation with the rest. This, this guy's a multiple offender as well. This is a this is a this is a repeat offender. Yep. Uh, the property, um, you know, the property has been looked at by um, uh, by Hamilton County. As a you know, as possibly a condemned property. It's a total wreck. It's total wreck. Yep. So, that being said, I'll read the resolution. Uh, resolution providing for the removal of junk vehicles in Sycamore Township, Hamilton County, and the proper disposal, storage, or impoundment of motor vehicles by implementing the procedure set forth in Sycamore Township Resolution Number 2012-14 and sections 505.173, 505.85, and 505.871 of the Ohio Revised Code. Motion. Second. Second. Sorry, losing my voice. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye.
Skyler, um, on August 23rd, uh, our good friend Bean at the corner of Wexford and Galbraith had 52 cars on his lot. Yes, sir. Uh, where are we at on that? Uh, we've actually documented um, we've documented uh, an excess of vehicles on his on his site numerous times, um, and we are uh, we are in contact with um, a partner with Rob um, Yeah, that, uh, that that has handled that for us in the past. So we're we're just filing paperwork. There's going to be multiple <coughs> days of uh, I mean, it's violations. a daily offense. Yeah, yeah. Every day, every day is a separate test. The issue is, is that you know it's it's not, <laughs> you know, we're, we're not we're not seeing the the vehicle slowly moved off. We're seeing new ones cycled in. Um, you know, the the number of vehicles uh, there on a daily basis is you know, um, it's, ridiculous. It, it's it's ebbing and flowing. You know, it's and it's all new vehicles. And he's always got so. a few in the parking lot at Dillonville Shopping Center, and he's always got a few on the streets of Dillonville. Yeah, I mean, so. he's got them all over the place. Yeah, so that one, uh, you know, for better or worse, it will be back in court soon. Is he, is he paying the fines? Will we fine him? Every time? Yes, sir. He did. He, did. Yeah. he does pay the fines. Uh, they're, they're all paid up. <coughs> he yeah, care. he doesn't really have a choice because there's a standing order that yep. anytime he's in contempt of the number he's allowed to keep on there, it's just a yep. formula that he has to pay. And I think the last time he gave us 8000 um, mm -hmm. Last year, maybe earlier this year. So, um, yeah. So you know, Rob Butler will file the motion for contempt. He'll use the data that uh, is provided by Skyler, and uh, uh, he last time had Steve Hunt representing him. So um, I imagine we'll hear from him, and there'll be an offer of hey, instead of paying twelve, can we pay you eight or whatever, and then we'll come to the board like we did last time with that. Uh, just a little side note, as you probably know, he has a huge operation over uh, off Wayne Avenue. Mm -hmm. That's all up for sale. Uh, Lee Fisher is handling that for him. Huh. And including the the uh, warehouse in between, who's owned by, um, name just slipped my mind. Um, I'll remember in a bit. But it's a, it's a large 34-acre site, so... That whole thing is up for sale, which she tells me he might be, might be uh, starting to get out of the business because I know he's not a spring chicken anymore. Uh, he owns a lot uh, behind the European Auto Specialist, I think, doesn't he, Jason? Yes, he does. Yep. Just full of junk cars. It's full. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the concern here is we don't want another Carl Cleve situation on our hands, if anybody is familiar with that name. Uh, just a, a gentleman that was very famous for collecting vehicles, keeping them at various properties, and then passed away, and the municipalities were left to deal with the cleanup. So um, I know with the Wayne Avenue property, there is um, some, uh, the county, the, the, the jurisdiction in which the property is located, uh, the realtor and several um, uh, uh, people, if you will, are trying to combine efforts to get that taken care of and get that deal done uh, because the concern is, I don't know if you've seen that facility out there, but he must have 2,000 cars out there. Yeah, so when he sells that, where, is he, where are they being displaced to? Yeah. That's another problem. Yeah. So just uh, something to keep on the radar because if Mr. Bean were to uh, leave this earth and 
at that point, I don't know what else you could do except this municipality go in and clean it up and then lean the property, but that's a nightmare nobody wants to have to deal with. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, Steve Hunt is scheduled to be here in just a little while as part of the executive session we're having. I don't know if it would be helpful to this or whether he still represents Mr. Bean, but perhaps one of the two of you, Mr. Miller or Mr. Desai, might want to at least have a conversation with him. Yeah, I can reach out to him. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I just have a couple of uh, quick updates. Uh, the PUD2 case uh, for 7555 Fields Zero Road was heard last night by uh, uh, Zoning Commission. Uh, we held that meeting via Zoom. There was no uh, members of the public that they requested to participate. Uh, the Zoning Commission is making a recommendation uh, to approve the um, the, the PUD application uh, with, with some minor uh, conditions, uh, in, improved landscaping, uh, some changes to uh, the dumpster, um, the dumpster enclosure. So that will be uh, that will be brought in front of the, the board of trustees here uh, the you know, the night of the next regular meeting. Um, also, last week we had a uh, open house for. Um, uh, the address escapes me at this point. Uh, the Montgomery Road property that I uh, 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 previously uh, presented to uh, to the board uh, for the uh, the 22 unit multifamily project um, by Grand Communities. Uh, that uh, that meeting was uh, I would say fairly well attended. I would say there was at least 20 people on that uh, on, on that Zoom meeting. Um, the um, there uh, there was certainly a lot of concern from uh, surrounding residents and uh, uh, community members uh, about the uh, um, the appropriateness and uh, and the density of that site. That's eighty seven sixty Montgomery Road, according to Thank you, sir. Yes, you're correct. Thank you. Uh, at any rate, uh, the uh, uh, the developers have not submitted a, a formal application yet. I believe they still have until the the 21st if they want to make it on the uh, the October uh, agenda. Uh, until then, we'll just we'll just sit back and wait. I, I had asked you uh, about renderings, possibly showing the rear side of that mm -hmm. that would face the neighborhood. Is the de developer going to be providing that? I'll require that as part of a, a PUD application, uh, but at this point in time, uh, I did, they're not going to submit anything, not until not until there's a formal application. But yeah, we will we will include that. Any questions for Mr. Miller? A question about a different topic. I mentioned this to you last week, and I know there haven't been many business days since then. But on the North Creek property, on the the permanent landscape buffer there behind the Tri-Health building between it and Cookler Mill Road where the township permitted the temporary construction road to go through the berm. The developer after demolishing the North Creek building there replaced the trees but it appears the trees are dead. Have you had an opportunity to reach out to them yet about getting those? I haven't. You, you and I spoke about that on Friday, correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I have not reached out to them yet but I will this week. Okay, yeah, we'll need to get that taken care of. Mm -hmm. Anything else for Mr. Miller? All right, let's move on to our law director, Mr. Deepak Desai. Nothing to report, sir. Deepak, uh, our administrator is Ray Wark. Actually, nothing to report. Wait, a question. Sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Excuse yeah, me, Columbo. A Columbo yeah. moment, excuse me. 
Uh, a question for Mr. Yeah. Mr. Desai and Mr. Warwick also. I mentioned this to Ray already, but I, I understand that with this uh, CARES Act money raining down on us that is use it or lose it in many ways, I, I know that uh, uh, Chief Penny and Chief Cooper here uh, have has some ideas for how to use some of that money, certainly, and a lot of it will be useful for public safety. But you had mentioned uh, months ago about wanting at some point to move ahead with digitizing uh, or at least organizing our resolutions into some sort of code for the township. And if I understand correctly, CARES Act money can actually be used for the cost of some of that digitization and equipment needed for it because it makes those things hands off and accessible remotely. And this might be an opportunity to use some of the 700 some odd thousand dollars we're expecting from the next infusion on getting some of that done so that we'll have a better index of all that the boards of trustees in the past have done and a record of that that the public can access going back further than what we have online now also. So I just want to get that on, on each of your radars also if, if that's something we can move ahead with and uh, federal money will fund it and we don't have something else to spend it on and we're going to lose it anyway then uh, that may be something to use for that where we could actually hire a contractor if needed to digitize the old records and assist with some of that project. I would just ask uh, Deepak to check into that to confirm that we in fact can use that money for that. No. If I may interject, uh, there is a, uh, uh, there's a service and software program that the township already has called OnBase. Mm -hmm. um, We've actually been notified by them that uh, you know, the version that we have is being phased out. Um, so if we want to continue with, with OnBase, and this is the, um, you know, the searchable PDFs and you know, um, um, you know, that, that more thorough database. Uh, if we want to move forward with that, we have to we have to renew right now to the you know, to the latest and greatest version. Mm -hmm. um, we could have a salesperson come in and you know uh, talk about how to implement that, and we can get an updated price. Mm -hmm. So if, if we can use this funding for it, there's you know there's a, there's a software ready to go. And, and, and again, Mr. Desai would be the arbiter as to whether we can do it or not. I've, I've gotten some solicitations, I know, junk emails basically from services saying, hey, use CARES Act money for this sort of thing. So I, I hope they're right and it's not puffery. Well, there's a, also a uh, webinar of sorts coming up, I think, uh, in a week or so, OTAs putting on to try to, because we've all been calling them saying, we need to maybe have a unified voice of how these things can be used. Mm -hmm. And so that's coming up, and uh, we'll certainly sit in on that. Um, also, I think with respect to digitizing these records, I think we have some hardware problems, too, that would have to be addressed. Mm -hmm. So if, the, if indeed we find out that the CARES uh, money is fair game for that, then I think there's plenty we, we could do with uh, absence of not needing it for first responder things. Okay, so I can move on. Uh, Administrator Ray Work. That's all I have. Okay. Fiscal Officer Rod Porter. I don't have any communications. Trustee items. Gentlemen. I have <clears throat> Mr. James. Uh, just my regular reminder, if you haven't registered to vote, please <coughs> do. If you have the... Uh, time and opportunity and, and good health to serve as an election worker. The Board of Elections needs someone for that. Please consider doing that. I, I had mentioned in our last meeting to Mr. Warwick about the possibility of encouraging township workers to actually work the polls as precinct election officials. 
uh, assisting people in voting. And if that's something we can facilitate and there's time left for them to train to do that, I, I think that would be a good uh, thing for us to promote as a township as well, because I know the Board of Elections needs people to staff all those places to let people vote. That's what I got. Uh, I have an item. Uh, I noticed on uh, Next Door Neighbor, it's a social media site that uh, Katie Stewart has a house for rent on Orchard Lane, Indian Hill School District, for $1,900. I was told uh, by a resident there's another house that is now being rented for $2,300 a month that's on that same street on Orchard. And I, I know the Sycamore Township, we own a house that we're renting. I understand, am I correct, $700 a month? And I'm just wondering if, if we uh, shouldn't, well, first of all, we shouldn't be running houses, but since we are, can we at least uh, get fair market value? Skyler, Tracy, can you guys follow up on that? Or? Sure. Well, we have to, we'll have to check the contracts, see where we stand on the contracts right now. Yeah, that was 1900 a month. She's good. And uh, announcements, check our website for the latest updates. Uh, Tracy mentioned North Trash Bash is this Saturday, 8 a.m. to 4, Cleet McDaniel Sports Complex on School Road. You mentioned yoga in the park, a big success. Did you go to that, Mr. James? I, I did not actually make it there. <laughs> okay. but, but and I actually got a report that there were 16 people there instead of 12. So it was well attended, however many were there, certainly. And the South Trash Bash is... Uh, Saturday the 26th, uh, 8 a.m. to 4 at Bechtold Park, is that correct? And then our next workshop is 9 a.m. Tuesday, September 29th. I'm going to make a motion now to adjourn into executive session with Attorney Scott Solman to discuss ongoing litigation as permitted by Ohio Revised Code 121-22. Do we have a, a second? second? Actually, Mr. Desai, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but... Uh, the motion as read was to adjourn to discuss ongoing litigation as permitted by revised code section 121.22. Don't we need to state a subpart as to that? Or do we? I don't think you even need to uh, reference the code. The only thing I would say is it's technically supposed to be pending litigation, not ongoing litigation. Pending. But a motion to adjourn into executive session to discuss pending litigation with Attorney Scott Solomon is, is sufficient. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Do it again, ma'am. I'm making a motion. The retentive administrator here likes to put that subsection in there often. <laughs> but uh, I'm make a, to be precise. Make a motion to adjourn into executive session with Attorney Scott Solman to discuss pending litigation. Um, do we have a second. Uh, second? Call the vote. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. I'm inviting to this meeting. Uh, Ray Warwick, our trustees, Skylar Miller, Tracy Cullins, Rob Porter, Ken Geis. The time is 
The time is 11.20. We are now back in regular session. Uh, Mr. Porter, would you please call the roll? Mr. LaBarber? Here. Mr. James? Here. Mr. Weedman? Here. Mr. James? Yes, I, I have a motion uh, to give authority to Mr. Solman on behalf of the township to finalize a TIF memorandum of understanding uh, to facilitate further negotiations on the North Creek project uh, and our goal of facilitating continued residential character maintenance on Kugler Mill Road. Second. <laughs> Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Scott. We'll see you, Scott. Motion to adjourn? No. Um, oh, we got something else? Mr. I was showing, uh, this was kind of in the background earlier. Uh, we have a, a township resident and uh, actually Kenwood, uh, Kenwood Road neighbor, Mr. Jeremy Payne, who uh, amateur drone pilot and photographer for us. He's been doing some aerial photos of our, of our project back here. And I just wanted to uh, uh, say thank you publicly. And uh, we'll, we'll put these on the website. Looks and, awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. Did a great job. Yeah, he, he does a wonderful job for us. Um, just occasionally, uh, I, I get sent a, a random shot like this, and uh, it's, very, it's just very neat, very cool to, to see a different perspective on the on this project as it progresses. Mm -hmm. it's looking great. So, looks thank great. you, Mr. Payne. I want to thank Skyler for giving me a tour. I was in the salt dome in the new building. They're doing a great job back there. You guys, terrific job. Can I just add something that came up in the meeting before on the um, the uh, publication of the receipts and distributions? Uh, I was uh, uh, reminded by Debbie that with the distributions, we will have to re redact any payments to uh, individual firefighters or police officers. Otherwise, otherwise that, that can be put on the uh, okay. on the website, but with with those redactions only. Okay. Is there a way to generate a, a report of them that just excludes those types of payments so that it's it a, just a well, just it, it just just redact them. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll put the whole thing on. Okay. Well, just the reason I ask is then the PDF could be a text-based PDF that's searchable as opposed to an image PDF. I guess if we OCR it, that's not as big. A I I, th I think that can be done. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't want to make promises that we can't keep sure. but that's that's the object that we're going to do is make it fully accessible to everyone but there won't be for uh, any payments to pl an individual police officer or fire department okay that's would be removed thank you okay do we have a motion to adjourn adjourn second okay thank you uh all in favor aye aye aye, aye. and the time is 11 23 stay safe stay healthy